Support for a Kenny for Your Thoughts podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Yo, it's showtime, here we go. Buckle up, mask up, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Mr. McMahon in your stereo. I'ma set the stipulation and scenario. Force count everywhere, doors drive everywhere. Hit you with a finisher from out of nowhere. Eyes all white with the cold stare, you know I had to go there. Hell yeah, the flow's so real. Pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. You ain't really ready for the boss, no pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. Shooting star deadly off the porch, no pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. The most electrifying, steady with the source, not a penny in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. Yeah, just a Kenny for your thoughts, what? The Kenny for your thoughts podcast. Brandon, why is one of your eyes closed? Like, you're like, you look like Rocky after like one of his matches. Yeah, I did the best I could do, you know? But, you know, my eyes all messed up, you know? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Brandon, I might have to tape it open. Brandon, let's apologize ahead of time because we, we had a rough, rough night, didn't we? I know, mate. I mean, love was in the air, though. Yeah. So we got to say, I mean, wedding bells. Congrats Kenny, to Louise Kenny and Lily. Yeah. I, I did not catch the bouquet. Yeah. Kenny's, Kenny's going to be next, bro. I did I not catch the bouquet. Go. It's funny you say that, though. <laughs> because, uh, so our friends, uh, Louise and Lily, got married and, um, you know, we, we had a really good time, but it was funny because I pull up in the Tesla and I park it backwards. I park it pretty far. You know, I don't want to like people like hitting it or whatever, you know, you know, you know how it is when you got like expensive car. And um, this guy, I guess, worked at the golf course because that's where it was. Um, yeah. Literally pulls up and while he's like, while I'm getting out of the car, super awkward, he goes, he's like, you know, who's going to get all the ladies tonight? The guy with the <laughs> Tesla. And I was just like, oh, haha. And he's like, yeah, man, you're going to catch the bouquet. And I was just like, you mean the garter? Yes. Why, why is it that, like, you and this guy think that, like, men catch the bouquet? Everybody, everybody catches the bouquet. No, man. I was like, I was like, you mean the garter? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I wanted to say, yo, let me get a ride to the front of the building. And I should have. But you know, ah, he yeah. walked it up there, bro. I think he should have made a lap around with the with the Tesla. Be like, oh, hey, what's up, ladies? I'm here. <laughs> Kenny looking like actual Rico, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the point Kenny is, Kenny tried to avoid the garter, man. Like, I did actually. I could have caught the it. all jokes yeah. aside. I could have caught the garter because our friend uh, Rafi was in front of uh, in front of me, yeah. and it came straight here. And literally, <laughs> all I had to do was like reach out and grab it. Uh, but it was funny because we all avoided it and then it like <laughs> fell at like Rafi's feet and so Rafi had to pick it up oh man so, but they didn't actually him, do the whole uh, like put it on the the lady who caught the bouquet thing so it would actually have been fine if, if he'd got the card oh the card yeah card. they should have done the whole thing the kitty definitely would have got all out <laughs> yeah yeah I definitely would have caught it at that point but it's like yeah it was it, it was a fun <laughs> night it was um, if, if our voices sound a little uh you know, not so enthusiastic that that is exactly why. Um, Kenny doing the Matrix? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> oh, the, the, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. And now I <laughs> Okay. Oh, man, that's funny. Um, anyway, I guess let's keep this one short and sweet because Brandon and I are hungover as balls. And, uh, 
do is drive to autopilot. He was so jacked up. Bro. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, so I, I, all jokes aside, I only had uh, I only had like two drinks at the beginning of the night, and I noticed that's when I get like a hangover. Is like when I don't drink. Like if I had just mm, been drinking and shit, yeah. I'd have been fine. But um, I drank two drinks and then like danced pretty much all night, and then that was it. <laughs> Like now I'm like I have like a really bad headache, but it's true I did use autopilot the whole way home, <laughs> the entire way home. Uh, they're saying he looks like Rico, like Rico Constantino, or like Rico Rico. Anyway, um, yeah, they just don't like my Cabana Boy shirt. You know, it's it's these shirts, bro. He's changed up the style. It's nice. There yeah, you go. You know, you know. That's why I got all the men last night. I mean, all the uh, ladies <laughs> last night. Um, <laughs> Speaking of men, we got big sweaty men <laughs> big, to talk about. Big sweet, <laughs> big meaty men slapping me. <laughs> you know? That's right. Throw potatoes uh, on each other. Yeah, let's start off hot and heavy. I mean, uh, Big E is our new WWE champion cashing in on Bobby Lashley. Mm. Um, really funny video, actually, of Big E at the barbershop because I know his barber here in Tampa. His name's Big J. And. Yeah. Uh, Big J posted a video of um, Big E, which I reposted, where he's like holding up the title, and he's like, it's got like Bobby Lash's logos, and he's like, that's another black man, that's not me, but don't worry about that. <laughs> you know, it's just the way he says, oh man, go watch that video on my Twitter if you haven't seen it at AKFYT Wrestling. But yeah. um, you know, Big E had actually tweeted out that he was going to be cashing in the money in the bank, um, the money in the bank contract on Monday Night Raw. And uh, a lot of people, um, and I don't understand this, a lot of people are like, oh, look at WWE doing this ratings grab. It's horrible. And, you know, they're they're like damning WWE for trying to get a good rating. Yeah. And a lot of people are attributing this to AEW. And I was like, there's a big glaring thing that like, fuck AEW, because AEW is on a different day. It's right. like I get it. I get that you want to stir this little pot, but it's like there's a big thing on Mondays that WWE's competing with that they're trying to boost ratings for. Any idea what that could be? Monday night football. Monday night football. So you can live in your little fantasy world and say like, "Oh, this was a direct result of a competition with AEW," and go, or you can actually look at what happened and go, "Well, they have the competition of Monday Night Football now, so now they're trying to pull out all the stops." And yeah, isn't it like that? Like every time Monday Night comes always, around, they lose a always. chunk of their audience. Yeah, and they got to start doing little things here and there. And, and that's why I don't understand because a lot of people are always like. It's like WWE does the same thing every year on, on at certain times, and right. people criticize, and I don't understand. Example, I give an example of the type of crowd sometimes that exists. Like, I always have people go, I feel like, when I used to work at T-Mobile, right? I, I feel like every time I get the new iPhone, uh, they announce a new one, and it's stupid, so I don't want to buy it. And I go, okay, <laughs> well, if you pay attention, I literally, this is my literal response. Well, uh. with all due respect, I said they announced the iPhone on the second week of September every single year. And then they release it about the third or fourth week. In other words, I'm trying to tell you, just because you're not paying attention doesn't mean the original company here is at fault. So if you know the iPhone is coming out every September and you're buying an iPhone every August, it's like you're doing this to yourself. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's just like... Please understand that it is your fault for not paying attention. And with with um, Raw, it's exactly that. Every time football season starts, 
WWE does stuff to try to counteract and to try to boost the ratings a little bit. And look at Squared uh, Circle Psychobabble, which please credit to them. Um, they're awesome because they helped uh, give some advice for the new camera setup here. Like, check this out. Check this out. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah? No. Yeah? All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, Squirt Circle Cycle Babble says comments like Vince booked the cash in because of AEW are proof that this AEW versus WWE war is fan created, and I couldn't agree more because the war exists inside of your head because when big e won the title when powerhouse hobbs was tweeting at him and saying congrats bro and then big e saying stuff like yo you're the future and you know you got it you know because obviously you know powerhouse hobbs probably is looking at big e and going like man like look i can do it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like this is here's a great example of it and it's like that's that's what's important in professional wrestling is that these people have camaraderie they care about each other there is no war the only war is between the higher ups of the company you know because obviously there is competition and even then i don't think vince is looking like that freaking AEW. i'm gonna crush it like it's literally more like a hey i'm glad it exists because vince actually likes competition i don't know if anybody knows that but vince always hated that he killed WCW in his eyes or bought it and folded it in because he basically took away a place for him to get talent, which is, again, why when people go, AEW is taking WWE talent, it's like that's what they're supposed to do. The companies mm-hmm. are supposed to take what they feel like are misused talent from the other company, insert it into their shows and make it work. WWE will do it with AEW, too, when there's people yeah. that go. I mean, on a smaller level, B Priestley got released from AEW, and she's on NXT UK now as Blair Davenport. Like, WWE's going to go raid their talent pool, too, one day. You know what I mean? So there is... <laughs> oh, develop a little bit, yeah. Right, Bring and that's what I'm saying. But, but let them get... <laughs> like, that's what it is. Let them get exposure on either show, and then the other company will take them over. But it's like, if speaking of football... I guess the the comparison to look at it, it to me is like if you are a football team and you have talent available, you know what I mean? Like somebody gets cut, right? Like Cam Newton gets cut. You're going to aren't you going to pick him up? You know what I mean? Like, aren't you going to say, like, who cares what team he played for? Well, those were our rivals. We're not going to take him. He, he's going to sit at a free agency. It's, no, take his ass and utilize him on your team. You know? And that's why I think professional wrestling is so weird because nobody looks at it like that. Look, mm. I'm just saying like this right now. You have a crush on your best friend's girl and she's single. I see a lot of you go pick her up. I've seen yeah, it. I've seen I you mean, all. You don't, there's no honor amongst thieves. Yeah. And my point is, you didn't have a problem doing yeah. that, but you got a problem with... Maybe that's a bad example because you shouldn't do that, guys. Don't do but that. It's like how and I'm, sorry that, I'm sorry that I did yeah. that, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I, well, I got that question too. It's like, how long or how soon is too soon? Like, if, they, if they're taking a break, broken up, like, it's a oh, fair game. Oh, you're talking game? about like, actual relationship. No, there's yeah, bro code. I have to wait. Like, no, there's bro code. I actually, like, what? all jokes aside, I actually have a problem with that. Like, I always, uh, like, like, she's off limits. Like, there's, it's, it's wow. funny though, but I have like a filter <laughs> in my head where it's like, if she went out with my friend or something, like, she's off limits. It's like your friend. But even no. even if he doesn't care, it's still like just an honor. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> again, I, I, I may be honorable to, to, to a fault 
with, with yeah. stuff like that okay and bro code maybe that's how the wrestling business feels it's like oh that's like my ex-girlfriend like you can't touch her for a month and a half or something i don't know i don't know i guess you know, maybe that's the me you know uh i, I called i, I called I jim like rico Hollis. um um, the only war I see is fans versus fans versus everybody else versus wrestlers versus Twitter. Exactly. Um, I think when <laughs> Squared Circle Cycle Babble says, I think when your friend breaks up with a girl, it's a 90 day no compete clause. <laughs> <laughs> it is a 90 is. day compete, no, is, no compete yeah. clause, okay? In, in my head, it's more like a 90 year no compete clause. Oh, uh, wow. Really but, I don't know. Maybe it's because I, just get, I would just get the visual of my friend. Like, it'd be weird for me. <laughs> Maybe it's an insecurity in myself, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Eh? But I don't think... I mean, WWE doesn't seem to be insecure dude, dude, even, about the talent going over. Yeah. I'm even weird about... Uh, like. Uh, I won't mention names, but you know the girl I was talking to last night. She was friends with this girl I almost went out with, right? So it's like, what? you weirded you out? It weirded me out a little bit. That's why oh, I didn't like no. talk to her at first, even though we were like clicking. So it was like, uh, like oh, you were yeah. friends with you know so and so that beat her. Like I remember beating you at her apartment. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, ah, it's kind of weird for me, you know. But uh, <laughs> oh man! But look, all right, let's get back this to it. Is why day, the business is in the shape it's in. This like this Everything. is like the podcast ride from hell, you know? Hey, <laughs> yeah. yeah. should we get into that topic? Yeah, I guess you have to mention that, I suppose. Yeah, the Dark Side of the Ring Plane Ride from Hell episode has been some of the most controversial uh, content I've seen, um, especially on the internet because. I guess a lot of people weren't around to hear this story. Right. And so that's, I guess, what shocked me. But, you know, I take a step back and I go, I guess I am 32. And, you know, it's like, I guess when I heard this story, you know, and I was 13, 14, you know, somewhere there, there's people that weren't alive for that or they weren't of enough sense or even a wrestling fan when this was going on so you know there's a part of me that's almost like shocked that's like oh well how didn't y'all know about this and then there's the other half of me that has to take a step back and go okay but you know you're 10 years younger than me you were like two in this like story yeah, happened. you know what i mean <laughs> so well yeah i just good. thought it was funny it was funny because uh i was at work or something randomly and i get a little notification like a news from like the news apps on my phone I went to check it out, and it was like Ric Flair, you know, did such a such a lady. I was like, "What the hell?" I was like, "How does this end up in like a mainstream sort of news site?" So I sent it over to uh, these guys, uh, yeah. not knowing that they, of course, had already of you course, know, known about that, it. Like, this. This is old, yeah, yeah. This is old hat. But I was just like, "Oh, that's funny that this is popping up on sort of a mainstream news app." Yeah, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. That like, you know, it's yeah. not like an under the radar thing. It's like a major news story and picked yeah. up in why. And it was yeah, because why? of the dark like, side why of the now? ring. And like, yeah, yeah. Um, for, I want to read this comment by Fernando. He says, "Kenny's going to be offering his exes lots of money to not jump." <laughs> 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 I want to keep this going from now on. Refer to refer to girls and and, and jumping, jumping, and like this in my relationships, uh, like a ninety day no compete clause. I love this. It's really good. Yeah. That's right, ladies. Can he keep you locked down for life? That's right. Look, no, I'm offering you six figures. You're gonna be, yeah. you, you can be Brandon's manager. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that. The Keith Lee stuff. Um, 
Dr. NXT Scorpio, they picked a bad time to air this episode cause, since cancel culture exists now. But I think that was yeah. the point. To be blunt, I think that was the point to get the uh, to get that story out here because it's been so under the radar. Um, and, you know, for better or for worse, you know what I mean? Obviously, mm. it protected uh, a lot of people that were involved. But, uh, you know, maybe they're getting to come up and now. You know, I can't. I'm not the one to judge. Um, but, yeah, this is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. E- e- Tommy Dreamer, kind of babyface, and Ric Flair got a lot of heat and got Dreamer pretty much indefinitely suspended, if not canned from Impact. Um, Dude, that's wild to me, but yeah. I mean, dang. the way I said it, the way I said it, I said, even if, and I'm not saying I agree with anything, just putting that out there, but I said, even if you agree with Tommy Dreamer it was like what you should agree with is he should have known better than to say what he said so it's as simple as that you know what I mean you have a situation where Tommy Dreamer is going on air and saying like oh Rick would never do that and basically damning the victim you know what I mean in this situation and uh, it's just I don't get it I, I don't get it I don't get why he said what he said and I don't get why he would do that to himself. He needs double ponytail. <laughs> Maybe he just figures like it's so long ago. Like you said, the story's been told so many times, and it's like now, sort of, you know, thinking back on it and looking back on it, things that transpired, you know, the the, the settlement. You know that they took so it's maybe it sort of changes the way you right. feel about things, and so you sort of but bring you see, that up. But that's but that's and a then it's big like thing. oh my god, you can't say that. It's like come on. But, but sorry, but that, sorry. That's a big thing because like I I just don't see that. Uh, <laughs> Squared circle cycle babbles. This impact was just offended by the double ponytail, as we all were. <laughs> as we all were. Like I didn't even hear what he said about Ric Flair. I was just like that double ponytail shit. <laughs> that was about <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fernando says it's a long story, Hollis. Actually, it's about a about an hour story. But anyway, um, what was I saying? I'm telling you, I got hangover brain. So this is uh, this, this is this is horrible. You're seeing me struggle on air. Um, <laughs> You're talking about Tommy Dreamer defending or sort of you know excusing what. Oh yeah, Flair. yeah. Just because yeah. there's a settlement, in this day and age, right, so right. just just because there's there's a settlement doesn't mean that it's like oh you see, it was fine. She flat out says that like her husband was like oh we no we don't want the attention you know we got a newborn mm-hmm. we got to do stuff like there was stuff where they just said settle and like let's call it a day. So it was like I don't think that just because you're like oh okay cool I got money I got a paycheck that oh it means she was lying. I think that's where right. Tommy. That's where Tommy was coming from. Like it's settled, so obviously he's innocent, so it's fine. <laughs> well, not even so much innocence, but it's like, all right, like if we sort of move past this now. You know, if she was really concerned about sort of you know punishing him, you know, she could have gone that route, but how? she didn't. Wait, wait, but how? Here's my question, right? So, so right. this is where I have a problem with uh, the majority of men, right? So, yeah. my question is. How would she have done that? In what vehicle did she have to do it? Does she have? Mm. Oh, cause she send a tweet and it would blow up. No, is that even her? Her in her wheelhouse? Is she a tweet person? No. Is she gonna go on mainstream media? No, because the whole point of the settlement was not to bring this out into a bigger light. What she did was go on this show, 
about almost 20 years later and finally voice her story because it's a lot safer or she felt safer than to say it or air it maybe 10 years ago because that wasn't the point it wasn't to be like to get famous off of it the whole thing is like can you imagine being in that position and this again i take a step back from the male perspective and go back to go to the female perspective it's a very vulnerable position to be in because you're gonna get hate you're gonna get support but you're gonna get hate and that's like you're gonna have to deal with the consequences of it either way it's a hard thing it's like you can't just you can't just say oh why didn't she do it then right so well so you say you know he should have known better he sort of deserves this this is my point right so again i'm playing devil's advocate here i'm not either saying i'm not supporting tommy dreamer i'm not saying oh he's completely wrong i'm just taking a step back and saying he should have known for his career to shut his fucking mouth (laughs) (laughs) like what did it do what did it do for him to babyface rick flair that's what i'm saying business wise and i'm not saying that i I don't want anyone to think i'm being disingenuous there and saying like oh like whatever but it's just literally like yeah he did not look good like that and he was like by today's standards especially when he said by today's standards oh yeah 100 percent inappropriate oh okay so it was okay back then it's not Mm. that it it was inappropriate back then too it was just Things are the light is shed on things more today. I don't know. I'm just saying. Again, if you're Tommy Dreamer, it's like, why would you do that? Hey. Now, I wonder how how this is going to affect things. You know, with like AEW, because it seemed like maybe they were going to bring in Ric Flair or something. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, now it's like, man. I think what happens. My theory that stuff, is that you know, Chavo Guerrero was fired to bring in Ric Flair with Andrade. Oh yeah, right. and I could guess that that was going to happen at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is literally this week. So now we have a situation <laughs> where I think, in my opinion, not happening anymore. Oh man, and that's tough. Like that's tough. I mean, from a fan perspective, again, obviously yeah. I understand it. I'm just saying, from a storyline and a fan perspective, it's kind of like, oh, that sucks. Because it was yeah. like the timing of it was like, but then again, I mean, imagine if this were a week later and he had debuted already, it's like, and then he had to just be pulled off TV right away. So maybe, yeah. maybe it's like perfect timing actually. So, um, right. And, and the Hunter kind of says, I think Tommy's comments at face value seemed right until you actually think about what he said. Yeah. And it's like, at first you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. I understand. And then you're like, wait, shit. Like he's basically saying like, it was okay for Rick to do what he did. And that's when you go, okay, like that's, yeah no i get what you're saying because tommy's very charming but then you kind of like read into what he said and it's like oh no no that's not okay you know but that plane ride from hell you know a lot of people are confusing it because um people are like oh no but the undertaker was on that flight and vince was on that flight and this and this and there was technically i guess two plane ride from hells where people confuse it there was Mm -hmm. one i think it was insurrection 2001 and that was the one where uh kurt angle uh, went to like play wrestle with Vince McMahon and then the Undertaker who was like had his hair ripped off almost ripped off and he's like bleeding and all so he's trying to sleep he wakes up and Kurt Angle's got like vids like down so Undertaker being groggy he literally grabs Kurt and he starts choking him out 
because he thinks what you know they're fighting the... for real. No, he thinks they're fighting for Dang. real. And so Kurt's like, oh, you're joking me. Like you kind of kind of that. Yeah. And he goes unconscious. And then take and then they're like, no, they're playing. And then he's like, okay. And he goes back to sleep. <laughs> so that was like the one from 01, but it wasn't like yeah. bad, I guess, the, from uh, the stories I heard. Game, it was just yeah. it was just like bad in the sense of like no sexual stuff and yeah. you know what I mean. But um it, it was it was rowdy. So I think that's the one people confused it with because people go, um, oh, but Vince was there. And I'm like, no, Vince, the, the reports are, so JR says Vince was there, but a lot of other people have said, again, I'm just going off of word of mouth here, have said Vince was not on that flight. But again, it's the wrestling business. They could be saying that to protect Vince. You know what mm. I mean? They could be saying that so that Vince doesn't get heat for it. And who knows? But again, it goes back to me saying, always take things with a grain of salt, which brings me to a point, actually, a couple weeks ago when Dave Meltzer reported that Keith Lee uh, was supposed to be managed by Adam Cole. Now, there were reports that went out, if you remember, that Keith, uh, sorry, Adam Cole was offered a million dollars to stay with WWE. And I said, guys, if Adam Cole was offered a million dollars, Right. And again, this everybody's believing every report. And I said, you can't do that because you're going to tell me that Keith Lee or Keith Lee. I keep saying Keith Lee, but Adam Cole would uh, be paid a million dollars to manage Keith Lee to be a manager. Right. There's no way. That being said, um, the reports come out. Sean Ross Sapp has now said that Adam Cole, as well as other people, have said they were unaware of plans for Adam Cole to manage Keith Lee. And that was never discussed. So now. We go and, and look, so squared circle cycle battle, but going back to it, didn't JR say Vince was on the plane? Yes, I and I've heard that, but I'm saying there was other people that said Vince wasn't on the plane. And mm. JR does call FTR RTR and also call <laughs> Ruby Soho, Ruby Riot, and stuff like that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. But wow. I'm saying there's conflicting. This kind of goes into my point. Yeah. There's conflicting reports, and that's why I say you have to take everything with a grain of salt. So going back to the Adam Cole Keith Lee situation, you got Sean Ross Sapp reporting. No. Adam Cole wasn't going to be Keith Lee's manager. You got Dave Meltzer reporting he was set to be this. You got people reporting he was set to get a million dollars if he'd stayed with WWE. All of these stories together make no sense. And yet people choose to believe every single one. And that's why I say, again, take things with a grain of salt. Just because someone is saying it or just because it gets reported does not mean it's true. Because I, using a power of deduction, I'm telling you what I'm going to tell you what probably happened. A writer probably told Dave Meltzer that it was pitched for Adam Cole to be Keith Lee's manager, as in a writer probably wrote it down, penciled it in and pitched it in a meeting. And it was like, no, we're not going to do that. And then they went off to the next idea that got reported as well. Adam Cole was supposed to be Keith Lee's manager. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it could literally just be a small little thing, and then all of a sudden, it gets blown up into this huge story as if, wow, WWE uh, is stupid because they were going to put Adam Cole in, in, in that kind of role. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, I, I, I give you a perfect example from the podcasting world. Andrew Zarian of uh, Met Men Podcast I literally watched the episode rare time where I pulled it up and I just so happened to be watching this episode and he literally says, you know, if it were up to me, I would put uh, Scarlet with Karrion Cross and have him have her be his superpower. That's why he's losing on Monday Night Raw, because he doesn't have her like, you know, kind of like the Undertaker with the urn that got reported as (laughs) Andrew Zarian says 
Scarlet is coming to Monday Night Raw. Dang. Do you see how many words they minced out <laughs> of that? It's literally literally became he said there that she's coming to Monday Night Raw with Keith Cross. Carrying Cross, sorry. But um <laughs> Keith Cross, that's right. I keep saying Keith. I I, I got Keith Lee on the mind. But yeah. that that's how misinformation happens. It's just little things like that, guys. Yeah, fake news strikes again. Like seriously, yeah. it's like um honestly glad I took a week off wrestling when the Adam Cole story went out. Yeah, I mean Always, if you feel like you need to take a break from wrestling, take a break from wrestling. But let anyway, let's keep going, Brandon. So, um, yeah, the whole point, the whole point, just to wrap that up, is do not believe everything you read because things contradict other reports. Come to your own conclusion by kind of putting them together. That's all I That's ask. Right. All and right, don't I'll, spin your penis in front of people on the airplane. It's just not gonna work out for you later on in life yeah you should never do that and uh and then of course you know the one the other side of the coin that i i will say though i don't like and i don't like extremes this is my thing i don't like one way or the other and like Mm -hmm. just because like yeah obviously rick flair is getting all this negative attention um I don't like people pulling up other stories to keep damning Ric Flair, if that makes sense. Oh, and it's not because I disagree with it. It's just like, if you're the type of person that you're like, okay, like, when someone's down, you feel the need to pull out more. It's just weird, man. You know what I mean? It's like, this is all stuff that we've done for years, and it's like, it's like, it's almost like you're looking for attention, negative attention for yourself. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being too positive of a person. You know what I mean? Obviously, what got reported got reported. Ric Flair is getting the attention that if this ha- if this happened, this is what he deserves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with it. But, you know, just coming out and saying, like, I always knew Rick and this is this. It's just like, guys, come on. It's not about you. Not about you. You know, what you know. Who gives a shit about what you know? You know? Um, but anyway, Squared Circle Psycho Bible says, if Meltzer says something on Wrestling Observer Radio, Ringside News quotes it and reports it in news. That's the problem. As soon as I see Ringside News involved as in a report, I instantly discredit it, and I do the same. <laughs> I agree with that. As soon as I see Ringside News, I was just like, <laughs> I tweeted out, I was like, getting a news story from Ringside News is like believing your drunk uncle uh, when he tells you some story from when you he, he and your dad were kids, you know? Um, no. That's literally Ringside News, you know what I mean? It's like best days are behind them and ringside news has enough DMS to wrestlers that are very disrespectful that I'll never respect anybody that works for ringside news. I mean, the fact that we have a platform is due to all these wrestlers. You know what I mean? I'm I'm talking about us. I'm talking about squared circle cycle. I'm talking about ringside news. I'm talking about anybody that's watching this podcast. Um, It's because of professional wrestling. And so to DM people who work in the business that we're supposed to respect and like, Oh, you know it was true, and you're trying to deny it. Shut up, you know. It's like, who are you? <laughs> Freaking egotistical people, honestly. Um, but anyway, let's let's keep it let's keep it going here, Brandon. Um, I guess getting back to, you know, the ratings and things like that. Um, yeah, I do want to talk about the fact that uh, a lot of people, you know, the bloodline uh, was booked to face. Big E and the New Day, the rest of the New Day, I should say, on Monday Night Raw. And I saw tweets that saying like, oh, this is a response to WWE's WWE's response to AEW beating them in the demos. Mm. It's like Monday Night Football, guys. Like, is this not a response (laughs) to that? But that that leads me into, you know, what I want to talk about with the brand split. Um, I saw a lot of people tweeting out, and I mean a ton of people 
So it's not I'm not singling out anybody, but people saying that you know obviously with Biggie this week being on Monday Night Raw, winning the WWE title, switching to Raw, and then showing up on SmackDown, and then now Roman Reigns and the Bloodline are going to be on Raw. People are like, end the brand split already. Blah blah blah. And again, this goes back to: are, Do you not pay attention to the fact that? Every single year when there is a brand split with the month before, WWE is literally having people on both shows. You know why they're doing that? But you know why they're doing that? Is because they're basically advertising Roman can come to Raw suit or, you know, Big E could be on SmackDown suit or whatever they want to advertise. And that's when, um, again, I, I fault people because it's like, the fact that you're not paying attention doesn't mean that it's WWE's fault. And why do we have to have these hard draft lines? Now, usually I agree with it. Like, you know, if they just have like a random Monday Night Raw where somebody shows up, like Drake Maverick was on Raw the other week. It was like, why? You know, he's on <laughs> NXT. Um, that maybe. But when you have a situation where people are in the month before the draft, you know, jumping back and forth, that's just to advertise, like, hey, where will they go? They can end up on your favorite what show. Happen? Yeah, what kind of matchups? Yeah, could potentially be on the horizon. Correct. And Brandon, like, what, what's your, what are your thoughts on the draft period or the uh, the brand <sighs> split in general? I'm torn because I think when I was watching right back in the back in the days, the attitude kind of era days, like that tail end of that, they were kind of on both shows like it wasn't like really set shows and that was kind of cool because it's like oh i still get to see you know stone cold and rock you know whatever on either show you know they pop in and it sort of either continue out the storyline or you know add some filler to it so i kind of liked it when it was all together but that was then you know what i mean and right. so and, it's like and, and nah, also yeah. the fact that um there was never a brand split before that you know what i mean right. so they they had had a point where that was just the norm and smackdown came right. in 99 and um yeah they had never done it before until 2002 so right but now it's like now you got these huge rosters and it's like it's i kind of like you know you having wrestlers being able to be featured sort of on each show without sort of bringing another storyline over you know to take up time so i i kind of like that aspect of it it's, so it's tough to say. I, I say yeah. right now, I don't think it's a problem of them needing to, you know, in the brand that, split And that's completely. my thing. It's like, just yeah. because, like, I don't know how to tell you all this, but just because you have a little pet peeve uh, of their brand split doesn't mean they need to end the whole concept just because you, thing, yeah. you think, like, oh, you know, this is stupid. Because, like you said, there's people in catering that aren't doing shit. And do you think the solution is to end the brand split? Because if you end the brand split, guess what happens? All of a sudden, 30% of the roster goes away because they don't have any use for them. They don't need them because now they're filling up more time with less people. Now Roman Reigns is getting more mileage because Roman Reigns has to wrestle twice in a week and putting more <laughs> wear and tear on his body. There are consequences that I think that people, people aren't thinking about. I'm actually for the brand split. I'm also of the opinion that I think a lot of people think that the brand split would fix problems and the brand split wouldn't fix shit. Because WWE, if they're misusing talent, ending the brand split just makes it harder. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to fix anything. WWE is misusing talent. WWE needs to write better storylines. That has nothing to do with the brand split. 
You know what I mean? That's not a, that's not a, a final solution to, to fixing WWE's problems. Like, oh, they do that, and now everybody can be on every show. Yeah. And <laughs> people are still not going to get utilized properly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you got, you know, you may have um, Roman Reigns' bloodline storyline. Everyone's like, oh, you know, it'd be great. You see him twice a week. That'd actually be a good thing. Well, guess what? Now you got to write two segments for Roman Reigns. What if one of the segments is not so good? You know what I mean? <laughs> I wanna, right. You know, keeping him away or only having him once a week is kind of why you want to see him. You have him twice a week, you might be like, eh. I'll say it like this, man. You you were in that saw the Attitude Era. You know, yeah. there might be some weeks where like Austin was hit or miss on Raw or, or hit or miss on SmackDown. You know what I mean? And not that's not his fault. It was just because it was just like this overexposure of talent. You got to keep him going, yeah. Every yeah, you got to keep it shows, going, yeah. And one thing I'll say, and Squared Psycho uh, Squared Circle Psycho Babble said this um, on on my Twitter. Uh, what I agree with is maybe, just maybe. If you want to, quote unquote, do something with the upper talents, why not go to the original concept of the brand split? Remember when they originally did the brand split, uh, they did um, one champion. So the women's champion and the men's champion and the tag team champions could kind of. Well, no, not the tag team champions. They had separate ones, uh, but they could go between shows. The world champions could yeah. go between shows. So it became like a special thing where it's like, you know, you had the world champion. Not only were they um, independent of the of the uh, separate the rosters, brands, yeah. you know, what I mean, so now the Undertaker could go to Raw and SmackDown, but now they would have feuds with somebody once a month it almost became like a special thing of like oh the champions yeah. come to town so now i get to wrestle him on smackdown and then raw gets to focus on the ic champion for that month so to me it like elevated that mid card a little bit because now you were forced mm-hmm. to have like your rvds and eddie guerrero's be special you know what i mean if that in, instead of getting lost in the shuffle like you had to right. have a strong mid card to do that um, I like that because I think it it made it harder to book in the sense of like there was pressure to keep the rosters good and to keep the storylines fresh. And I like that. I think, in my opinion, there's too many champions right now. I get it, right. especially with the women's evolution. I get it. Women's tag team champions, women's this. That's a good thing. But it's like when you have the repetitive titles, that's when I think you to me, it's like you could have one women's champion right now. You can have one tag team champion and one WWE champion. Because another big thing that I fear with the brand split and people, yeah. like, I'm not going to name names, uh, but somebody I saw earlier in the chat here um, said, "Oh, and the brand split," and I, and you know, it would it would make things better. They were they were very, being very hopeful, and I said, "Look, there's hard evidence that ending the brand split's not a good thing." I don't care how hopeful we are. Look at what they've done in the past. Whenever the brand split happens, or sorry, ends, whenever that happens, whoever is the secondary champion, quote unquote, gets lost in the shuffle. And what would end up happening? Just giving you an example. Roman Reigns would be the guy and Biggie would be opening the show. As in like he would be the first match with his you know WWE championship and then you'd have Roman Reigns in the main event as the guy it happened with the world heavyweight title you remember when the world oh, yeah. heavyweight championship was almost like a mid-card title to the WWE championship that's the consequence of ending the brand split because if you have all these champions that becomes a secondary title and then eventually like i said 
then they end up merging it. And that's when it got better, when they ended up merging the World Heavyweight and the WWE title. Okay. But I'm saying, like, you, there's hard evidence that WWE has just completely fucked it up in the past when they've ended the brand split. Like you said, there's, there's too many guys on the roster. Guys and girls, you know what I mean. But there's better ways to make the brand split work and there's better there's more positives for keeping the brand split you know you're talking again let's talk about the women's division there's a lot of complaints and warranted absolutely warranted that a lot of the women wrestlers are being wasted because you know obviously they got their match cut in september 11th um or september 10th the show before september 11th yeah um they got their match cut people are like why is naomi not being used and things like that do you think that less tv time as in like more people taking up two spots on raw and smackdown would help that situation would that help the live morgans of the world would that would that create a spot for these women that are being misused no it actually would just make it harder so the consequences your little quirk of not wanting the brand split would actually hurt the talent that you want to come up. Mm. I'm just saying more spots filled by main eventers, less spots for people on the come up. Should, do you think maybe they should like maybe like a, with the draft, like just put all the like top, top talent say on one show and then have sort of the up and comer dudes on one show. And so then that way, you know, all right, Raw's they did that. They did is, that, and people didn't pay attention to that. They, they, did, they, they didn't watch <laughs> Look at the 2020 <laughs> roster of Raw. They had literally made that because remember, pay always pay attention. They always have one main show and one uh, younger show, right? So in 2016, SmackDown was the younger show, right? They had the like talents that were the up and comers. The you know they had the AJ Styles who had just come in, the Dean Ambroses. You know they had all of this fresh talent, and then Raw had your like heavy hitters. You know what I mean? Um, that they did that right, and then in 2019, 2020, obviously when the Fox deal came into play. Uh, SmackDown became the A show in the eyes of the company. And then they had a situation where SmackDown had your John Cena's and you had your Roman Reigns and had your, you know, Brock Lesnar's and things like that. So it had your main guys. And then you had your Andrade's and your um, Ricochet's and Apollo Crews and things like that on Monday Night Raw. And then the ratings dipped. And then it became a situation where people were like, well, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, they're. They're obviously Monday Night Raw. Uh, they're not putting the bigger talent. It's like I don't. This part I'll go ahead and say to me is a fan thing. I'll blame mm. the fans for this. Um, when WWE tries to push the younger talent, the ratings don't follow. Mm. And in that situation, you know, obviously with the pandemic happened, and that's where I think a lot of the fault should go, and a lot of people blame it on the talent that was on Raw. But that was an unenviable unenviable position to be in. Obviously, Becky Lynch, um, you know, basically went on the reserve list with her pregnancy and stuff like that. So the women's division faltered when she was supposed to be like the one elevating, in other words, on Monday Night Raw. Um, You know, with the pandemic, the Brock Lesnar's didn't come around, things like that. Drew McIntyre had to be on Raw trying to pick it up. And he did a damn good job, I I think, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, it's like the fault I have is like when they do push the younger talent, the numbers and the ratings don't match. So it's like, at what point do you not listen to people? You know what I mean? So obviously if you're saying like, Oh, push the younger talent, but then like the, you're not, the ratings are not following. 
it's like bluntly that's not what you want from WWE and notice I said WWE because you want that from AEW but even AEW is bringing in bigger stars to bring up their younger roster so to me if I were WWE in this draft coming up what I would do personally is stack both rosters and literally take your main players and put them on different shows Um, you know I think you should have a situation where you have a big star on Monday Night Raw, a big star on SmackDown. You know, don't put your I, I so I disagree with in other words putting the younger talent on one show and the main eventers on another. No, no, just put it just like kind of like AEW. Even though AEW, think about this, is not doing a draft per se, right? And I think this is why people are saying end the brand split. I think a lot of people are thinking about how AEW is utilizing the roster. And I, I can agree with that. But again, it's being too hopeful that WWE would execute it the way that AEW does. AEW, for example, is doing something where AEW Grand Slam is coming. Uh, AEW Grand, Dynamite Grand Slam and then AEW Rampage Grand Slam. They literally have Brian Danielson main eventing on um, Dynamite. And then Punk and they the have other. CM Punk main eventing Rampage on Friday night, which is going to be a special two-hour event, by the way. So uh, definitely tune in for that. I know Brandon won't. He'll be asleep. (laughs) But they're doing it in such a way that it's like, okay, good. Keep one talent on one show. Keep one talent on the next show to bring in ratings for both. And you know what I mean? So Brian Danielson, and again, this is from the casual point of view. Obviously, Kenny Omega is a big star. But for the casuals tuning in to see Brian Danielson, the WWE marks who might be like, you know, I know this is AEW's biggest show and the biggest stadium they've been in. I'll go ahead and watch, you know, the former Daniel Bryan. I want to see him. He elevates Kenny Omega in their eyes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, who's this guy? I've never seen him before. You know what I mean? So there's there's the elevation right there. You know what I mean? Again, and again, I know there's some AEW mark. Well, Brian Danielson is being elevated by Kenny Omega. I, I get it. Right. I, I get it. But we're talking about general perception from people who might not know Kenny Omega. Remember, this, this is the first time Kenny Omega's been on North American television ever. Just FYI. You know, again, we got to take a step back and look at it from other people's point of view. You know what I mean? So, um, again, I think AEW does a really, really good job of it, uh, of doing that. WWE not so much. So again, I'm just yeah. working with what I got. It's right. not so much that I'm, uh, you know, obviously in a perfect world, WWE could end the brand split and make it work where it's almost a brand split without being it. Yeah, but it ain't gonna do that. So they need the hard brand split. The thing is, though, like for me, it's like there's like a lot of cool matchups you could have with like Reigns. So it's like I kind of want them to bring maybe people over from raw some of the bigger guys maybe like a lashley or uh like a mcintyre like feud with reigns but absolutely but, but so, i don't even know if that but that's gonna happen nothing, but, but that, yeah. no no but that's gonna happen i can definitely okay. tell you drew mcintyre is probably going to smackdown because i think roman reigns's next feud will be drew mcintyre because i think that is like the feud we're looking forward to so what i'm saying is like it doesn't have to like not happen you know to me bobby lashley you know, you can always switch Roman to Raw. I don't think that'll happen. Right. Like my again, educated opinion, I think Roman stays on SmackDown because I think Fox is like, oh, we need that. Unless Brock is staying, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. So let me read these last two comments because I think they're 
very worthwhile here. Um, Abram Bump says, the brand split concept isn't the issue. It's the way WWE utilizes the talent. They have more than enough talent to create two new unique deep rosters. They just choose not to. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not going into this negatively. I'm going into this telling you that you are being a little bit too hopeful that ending the brand split would be the end all be all for WWE. They wouldn't utilize the roster properly anyway. Um, and then Squared Circle Psycho Babble says, who from uh, SmackDown can go to Raw to help? They have McIntyre, uh, Lashley, Sheamus, Priest, Riddle, Orton, AJ, Charlotte, and Alexa. That's a good roster. It's the booking that's the issue. I agree mm. with that. I can actually agree with that. But I, I can also agree with the fact that like at this point, it's like if it's stale, just shake it up. And so, you know, put McIntyre on SmackDown, right? But at that point, who comes to Raw? What's the trade? What's the trade there? You know, who would be utilized? And, and we're also forgetting that, you know, NXT people can come up, especially with, to me, with NXT 2.0 now coming out. I think we're at the point where WWE is going to move up a lot of people in this draft, mm. is my opinion, because if you saw NXT 2.0 on Tuesday, they are going with a completely younger roster. They're complete, like they completely they introduce like ten people, you know what I mean? So I could definitely see, and they introduce a uh, Braun Breaker. Remember Braun Breaker? <laughs> Didn't give me a chance. You know, I say he looks like his father and he speaks like his uncle. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Brandon, what do you what did you just drop? I just dropped my uh, my little mousey here, but I got it back again. But so, yeah, Kenny was like. He like kept playing back the clip. He's like, "Who does this remind you of?" Like, Brandon had no like, idea. I'm like, it was so obvious, and Brandon had no idea. He's like, "Uh," I'm like, Who? "I'm like, he's he like, it's a tag team, a famous tag team." Yeah, he's like giving me all these weird hints. So I was like, "I'm giving uh. him every hint of the book," and and Brandon did not know who Braun Breaker's father and uncle yeah. was. So I'm like, "Come on, man!" You're What'd like, you think about NXT 2.0? Uh, you know what? I I personally like just but just just the way I am like I sort of like the dark sort of metally you know metal music of the dark no, I did look. Too. I yeah did too. I like yeah. I just personally kind of like that look but um otherwise you know it, it was good you know what the show was fine uh it needed to get shaken up anyway you know what I mean it sort of it run its course you know doing what they were doing anyway so i i don't mind the revamp uh i i, I like the wedding segment with, uh, i thought it was great with, with that. well yeah so it's like it's fine i i think i don't think this is like the end of the world there's nothing to freak out about you still got some of the old xd guys still there you know you champa and all those guys so uh won the the title. Spread. yeah yeah i don't, I don't think i don't think yeah. vince knows how old he is <laughs> he this is like yeah, Champa's he's 28. Like, he's great. Yeah. He's like actually he's like 35. <laughs> what? Yeah. Release him. But he's the champion. Right. Release him. <laughs> uh I do like how they have the audience though, like set up like around. The, the audience is so much better. Yeah. So much better. better Brighter. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I like the grunginess of of I liked full sale. Like right. once they went to the CWC, the CWC looked good when they had um the CWC looked good when they had literally the you know whole video screen set up and everything and and that looked awesome but once they kind of like went with the little bastardized crowd with the little you know just a little bit of crowd yeah. and they took away the video screens it didn't look good anymore then it just yeah. looked like cheap like cheap like it wasn't right. dark in the in the brooding like grungy sense it was almost like what what is this you got aew <laughs> looking all like good on one side and then you know you got nxt looking like like what the hell happened here 
it's like a shell yeah. of its former self so yeah exactly it looks it looks clean though it looks nice so it's gonna work out and now they're bringing up these young guys that i hadn't even known they're just like oh man there's a steiner kid you know coming up they seem to be behind them so yeah. that, that could and be this was a, yeah. I, I disagree with it because you know but the thing is brandon and i are in our 30s that yeah. refresh went for us that refresh right. is to bring in the younger crowd like they want to they want to have the next generation it's called nxt for god's sakes you know what I mean? So they have a situation where, you know, they bring up Braun Breaker. Literally, Braun Breaker looks like a star. Like, he he literally stands out from the pack. Like, it's it, and it's almost scary because he's so raw and or, it, organic. Like, it, it's raw and, um, what's the word? Unmolded is what I meant to mm. say. So, like, that's him at his worst, in other words. He's going to get better. He's only going to get better. <laughs> yeah, he's only going to get better. And, it's like, and I think it's crazy that there's, like, consensus. Like, I didn't see anybody go, who's this broad breaker kid? What the hell? Like, there's consensus that, like, holy crap, this kid's got it. And there's something special about him. When he comes up and he's just like, L.A. Knight. Like, like again, it's, like, not about what you say. It's how you say it. He's like, I'm looking for a chance to face you. I'm like, that's got that steiner voice man it's actually a crit something i said i said man oh that's a steiner that is a steiner and what i mean by that guys is like and i'm not naming names ah, fuck it i'll name names right so when you got people coming out and they're like oh the daughter of rick flair or the son of mr perfect sometimes you go what like curtis axel god bless him like that he didn't look like mr perfect son mm-hmm you know what I mean, he didn't go. You didn't go like, oh, that's Mister Perfect Son. Like he didn't have that same like, you know, swag and like that like the mm-hmm. way he carried himself. And hey, look, in all fairness, he lost his father pretty young. You know what I mean? So maybe he didn't have time under the learning tree as much that he could have developed if his you know father was still with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the point is, when Braun Breaker came out, it was like he had that feel of a Steiner right away. It's like he had that intangible. He had that it. He had that stuff that just like you can't describe it. It was just there. And that says something about Braun Breaker. I think that's why there's consensus because he didn't have to learn anything. He just had it. Now all you got to do is take that that piece of clay and mold it to be a star. The only thing I don't like, in my personal opinion, yeah. what in the hell is up with the name Braun Breaker? <laughs> it's the stupidest name. Like we all know he's a Steiner. Just call him a Steiner. And they were going to call him, I think they had trademarked Rex Steiner. Oh, so they already kind of trademarked something Steiner. So why not? Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, but maybe they, the trademark didn't go through or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But Braun Breaker, I was like, come on. You could you could have done better than that. <laughs> well, I guess as long as they Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hunter says the Curtis Axel gimmick ruined his WWE career, a reference to both his legendary dad and granddad. No, I completely disagree. And I'll tell you why you're wrong. WWE brought this guy in in May 2013 and had him beat Triple H in his first match. He beat a legend in his first match. WWE tried so hard. Again, I'm not nothing against Curtis Axel. They tried. They literally tried. They gave him the Intercontinental Championship on Father's Day. They they were like trying to push him. They gave him Paul Heyman. He was introduced. If he doesn't click, he doesn't click. Do not blame WWE for that. I, I won you, the name chase. He should have stayed McGillicuddy. He should have stayed Michael McGillicuddy. That yeah. one I'll say. That that, yeah. that that one I'll say. Yeah, Michael McGillicuddy was terrible. In fact, that's why when Curtis Axel came to play, we were like, oh, thank God. Thank God, Curtis <laughs> Axel like, is such a better name than freaking uh, Michael McGillicuddy. This is the genesis of McGillicuddy. <laughs> McGillicuddy was, was But no, better. again, they tried with him. 
And just because it didn't work out doesn't mean you get to blame WWE. You know what I mean? That's that's my opinion. Again, so nothing personal. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what I think should have worked out bigger too was uh, Cody and DiBiase's son. Legacy. I mean, they yeah yeah legacy. They did actually. You know what that was? No, no, it did work out. In fact, two stars were created from it. They did really good job. But then, like for whatever reason, their individual careers were whatever. Yeah. Uh, No, but legacy, legacy was good. I think you're like you said. I think I think you started remembering it correctly and going like, oh shit, they actually main event to this legacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legacy (laughs) was good. It was individually. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, well, once once the DiBiase posse happened, I was like, he's done. I come from money. I come from cash. Um, but anyway, Brandon, let's start wrapping this up here. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to talk about? I think we covered uh, the oh, big Ruby subjects. Soho. No. Yeah. I, oh, dude. Uh, I saw. Good, I, saw not, I saw someone on Twitter, and I didn't understand it. Uh, Ruby Soho, I thought had an amazing promo. Yeah, that was good. And this was her and Doctor Britt Baker made me invest in their feud. Not that I wasn't before, but they were. Uh, they made it a little bit personal, and that was great. And somebody said uh, on Twitter, oh, don't bring the WWE. And she got a lot of likes for this. Don't bring the WWE-style lazy promo to AEW. And I'm like, again, this is that whole the war lives rent-free in your head. Like, just so, because wait, she said. Call- yeah. I was going to say ahead. they were calling it lazy because they're using sort of real life stuff in the promos. Is that why it was lazy? No, I think it specifically was the line where Ruby Soho says, just because you're banging some guy in the back, oh. you know, I think that was the line that they were referring to. But I was like, that was good for all the right reasons because yeah, it made it a little bit of like personal. Yeah. Yeah. And the crowd re- at the end of the day, if the crowd reacted that's all that matters because the crowd ate that shit up and then guess what Britt Baker gave it right back to her like you want to you're telling everybody oh destination unknown and you landed here that's a little bit of a lie because you got fired sweetheart like and it's like oh shit like you know this is to me it was like it was just like watching two people fight in the streets you know what I mean like the, the whole like you know oh your boyfriend this blah 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 and it's like they're going for the cheap shots that's literally how it would happen so I didn't. I don't know why people go. Well, don't bring the WWE. It's like God. This is literally real life. Have you ever argued with someone in real life? Because this is how people are. People go <laughs> for the jugular right away, and it, it's stupid. You know what I mean? Like that is that's literally how people are. They go for the worst thing they could say possibly, and it's also how you spin it, right? Because obviously we all know that she's in a relationship with Adam Cole, but we all knew that from the beginning. Again, it's how she said it. You're banging some dude in the back. So it was at the end of the day, it was a good segment. You you can nitpick, but you can't say it was a bad segment because the crowd showed differently. Yeah, you know what? I thought the uh, Bianca and uh, oh my gosh, Becky, Becky Lynch. Uh, little little thing was was good too in a different way. You know, it didn't have quite that like yeah, ooh, but type. What, was, what do you mean? Like which, yeah. which line specifically? I, well, just in general, like they, like their delivery, like I, I like how they both delivered their li- you know their lines and everything. Just in general, the, the promos were good, like both ways. I don't know if you I, know I, this, Brandon, but told. this is a wrestling podcast, so you're supposed yeah. to like elaborate on this. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that segment was good. <laughs> you're supposed to describe. Yeah, you're like supposed to put like, people in the field. Yeah, it's like it wasn't so like toward the, in the jugular type. You say you it. Know, real. You stuff. say it. What was it? 
I give you like, an example. Yeah. I didn't say no, no, no. This, this odd air criticism right here. I didn't go. Yeah, you know the Ruby. So I like what she said because it was good. You know. I say no yeah. when she said this line or when she said this. Right. I literally tell you because there are people who don't know what you're talking about. You got to yeah. come from the point of view of the listeners here, Brandon. Yeah, I don't be tough to tell it, you. It, it, <laughs> I mean, in, in a different way, as whereas like the Soho and Baker's was more like personal kind of stuff. Like their promo was a little bit different in that way, but it was still good. Like there's still good women's segment in general. In other words, Brandon has no idea what they said, and he's just saying it was good, just to say another women's segment was good. That I'm just gonna I'm just gonna translate this for you because Brandon has no idea what they said. He can't even remember one line. But <laughs> oh man! But anyway, um, you know, want to end on this? AEW Grand Slam is gonna be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. I think this is gonna be the show. If if All Out was the the catalyst, I think this is the show that's gonna take it to the next level. Because this is on free TV. All Out was definitely a show where, you know, people were like, oh, okay, we're going to pay attention because, you know, we have Brian Danielson, CM Punk, um, Adam Cole came in. Um, so I think this show is going to be. Is this the show that does 2.0? No pun intended. Because 2.0 is going to be on the show. Probably. I say 1.0. I say 1.7. <laughs> I say 1.7. I say, I'm talking about dynamite specifically. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Rampage or Crack a Mill. Again, maybe I'm being optimistic, but I think if there is a show to take it to the next level, it's this show. So, Brandon, your final thoughts? Any thoughts on Grand Slam? Uh, I hope I can stay awake for the whole two hours. Because it's coming out at ten, right? It's coming out like it's coming out at ten. Yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a a hard a hard thing for Brandon to do. Stay awake till midnight. Brandon was out of that wedding last night at like ten, and 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 he was asleep by eleven. You know, so. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to our hungover selves. Uh, as we speak to you next week, we'll be a lot more sober as there is not a wedding that we attend. So, please give a thumbs up if we should be sober next week. All right. Thank you so much, guys. And we'll leave you with the Manscaped song, right, Brandon? Mm hmm. Getting ready for a date. Now I'm in the zone. But I had to clean up quick before I hit the road. Normal clippers mess me up. Nicks and cuts were just too much. Now I'm bleeding everywhere. They're itching on me too. Every sleepless night. Got too much hair down there. I need to mow it down. Gotta stay clean to bear. But there's a better way. And now I can shave these things. This much I know is true. Use Manscaped to shave your pubes and you'll be silky smooth.